continue in our study, Seeing Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. And all this year, we're setting our affection on Jesus. Amen. Amen? Our hearts have to be for Jesus first before they can be for anything else or anyone else. And so we're centered on looking unto Jesus and seeing that he is in every book of the Bible. And uh, we've been discovering some things as we started in this study and seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible like never before. Amen? And so we've gotten excited about seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible and, uh, what, and seeing things that we've not seen before. And it's exciting. And I get excited as I've been studying and preparing. And uh, every time I do, I, I get distracted and, and study something else. But the Holy Ghost has to bring me back so that I'm ready. Amen? So first we started out talking about seeing Jesus in the very first book of the Bible, which is that. Genesis, correct? Okay, and, and can anybody tell me one thing that you learned about seeing Jesus in Genesis? How did we see Jesus in Genesis even though he hadn't been born yet? Through, through types. There were people who, who represented aspects of Jesus. And, and one person that's mentioned is Abraham. How else did we see Jesus in Genesis? Hmm? I'm, I'm listening. Melchizedek. Who else? represent Jesus in Genesis. Y'all want to study the Bible, right? We're studying. <laughs> Noah. Yes. How did Noah represent Jesus? Because in that time period, he saved. He served as a savior so that the Lord can start all over again in creation. Okay? Um, we saw Jesus in the first in Genesis 1 and verse 1. What does it say? Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning, in the beginning, who? God. Is Jesus a part of God? Yes. Yes. So we saw Jesus in Genesis. Anybody take notes so that you're keeping up? If you haven't taken notes and not keeping up, the podcast is available so you can listen to it again. Amen. And you can hear so that you can share. Why do we learn so much about the Bible? So that we can grow and develop. Correct. And that's great. And that's wonderful. The other reason that we learn so, need to know so much about the Bible is so that we can share. Say share. Share with others the good news about Jesus Christ so that other people can receive Jesus into their heart as their Lord and as their Savior. So we saw Jesus in Genesis in a few ways that have been mentioned. We saw Jesus in the second book of the Bible, which is what? Exodus. We saw Jesus in the third book of the Bible, which was what? Leviticus. Tonight. 
we're going to see Jesus in the next book of the Bible. What's the next book of the Bible? Numbers. 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 Okay? And when we studied last time and we saw Jesus, we looked for Jesus in the book of Leviticus, we learned that Leviticus was uh, one of the books of the Bible that was all about holiness. That, and the book of Leviticus teaches that God is holy and he wants all of us to be holy as well. And we understood that holy meant set apart. It did not mean weird. It does not mean crazy. It means set apart and attractive. And attract, meaning what? Meaning that, that if Jesus is in you, something should be coming out of you that attracts people positively. Attracts people positively so that they'll want to know, how did you get what you got? And you'll be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so Leviticus was about a holy God wanting his people to be holy and laid out all the different kinds of ways that we can conduct ourselves to represent Jesus, to represent God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and all the ways that God himself is holy and how he manifests it. Okay? Now, let's turn to the book of Numbers in your Bible. Are you there? Wonderful. Okay. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And the book of Numbers, most people run from it when they, they, they just pass over it when they read in their Bible. Because when they see that, they, they say, well, this is about math, and I'm not good at math, so, so I'm just going to bypass numbers. And then they start reading about all the genealogies, and they're like, there's too many names. I can't pronounce all them names, so I'm just going to breeze on by numbers. But it's not about numbers. It really is called the Book of Divine Discipline. It's really called the Book of Divine Discipline, and it's all about how God and his people related to one another and how God's people in particular had a hard time. Say a hard time. Had a hard time getting it right. Had a hard time believing God. Had a hard time doing what the Lord said to do. Had a hard time trusting God. And so it became the book of divine discipline. That's what it's called. And in the book of Numbers, it's talking to us about how that the nation of Israel, which we talked about in Exodus and all that, how the nation of Israel was brought out of Egyptian bondage and they were brought through the Red Sea. How did that happen? Supernaturally, right? They were brought out of Egyptian bondage supernaturally. What happened? The Lord visited Egypt 
with plagues, right? And the death angel came into all of Egypt and their firstborns were annihilated except not the Israelis. Why? Because they were given an assignment and they followed it. They were given an instruction through their leader, Moses, put blood on the doorpost and you will, you will be spared, you will be protected. After that happened, Pharaoh said, I'm going to let y'all go. You know, y'all, I'm going to see y'all. Y'all go ahead on because uh, this, this, I thought I, was, I had it all together, but this is not working. Y'all need to go. Okay? So, so then they were released from slavery and bondage. And so they left Egypt on foot. Say on foot. They left Egypt on foot. Being led by Moses being led by Moses to a land that the Lord had assigned for them as theirs. Sometimes when the Lord assigns something to you as yours, it does not show up right away. Most of the time, it doesn't show up right away. Sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes you have to work. Say work. It's four letters, but it's not dirty, okay? Sometimes you have to work. And so, and so the nation of Israel, they, did, they thought that once they got out of Egypt, once the Red Sea opened up and they walked through the, the sea on dry land, it was like, and they got on the other side and they danced and they praised and they shouted and they had a good time and they celebrated that, that then it was done. But then there was work to do, like walking, more walking to do, more traveling to do to get to their victory place, to get to their blessed place, to get to the blessing. Some of you are on a journey right now to your blessing. As they were. So they were on their journey to their blessed place. They got on the other side, they're dancing and shouting and having a good time. And wonder of wonders, the promised land was not, not right on the other side. So they had to go through some things, more than they realized. And so when they got on the other side, they're following Moses and they're following until they get to the first place where the Lord says, okay, hold up right here. And that was Mount Sinai, the Mount Sinai region. Why do I say region? Because Mount Sinai was not a house. Mount Sinai was not a building. Mount Sinai was a mountain. And so, and so it was a region. Why would they need a region instead of a house or a building to go to? They would need a region because there were more than 10 of them. <laughs> there were more than 10, there was more than 10, more than 100, more than 1,000. There were millions of them. There were millions of them. And so they were led to, to Mount Sinai region to camp out there until the Lord gave the next instruction. And, and when, while they were in the Mount Sinai region, the Lord was speaking to Moses, giving him instructions for them, 
giving him, Moses had more work to do. While, while they're camped out there, Moses, the Lord says, okay, now you need to write. And while they were camped out there, Moses had to write the first five books of the Bible while he's managing millions of people. Was that a small task? That was not a small task, okay? And so, so they stay there for like about almost a year, about 11 months they stay there. And then the Lord gave another indication, another sign, it's time to move further. Say further. So they had, to, they had to pack up their stuff, get ready to move further. And so, how did they know? Number one, the Lord spoke to Moses and gave him instruction to give them. And when they were in the Mount Sinai region, the Lord put a cloud in the sky and told them, when the cloud moves, you move. So they saw the cloud moving, and that was an indicator to them it was time for them to move. So their instruction was to move from the Mount Sinai region to the region of Kadesh Barnea. And Kadesh Barnea was right at the edge of the promised land. So they was like, this is great. We, we at the edge of the promised land. And um, to get there, though, they had to do what? More journeying, more traveling, more walking. Well, the distance from the Mount Sinai region to Kadesh Barnea on the edge of their promised land um, was about 150 to 200 miles. Did y'all hear what I said? They weren't driving no cars. No bus. No public transportation, no train, none of that. No horses. They were what? Walking. So, in that time, people were used to walking everywhere all the time. So to them, it wasn't like, you know, like, walk. I mean, if somebody tell you to walk down to the corner, you'd be like, can, I, can you drive me around there? Because it's dark. And I, People don't even walk to the mailbox nowadays. Like, bring the mail to my hand. Put it, put it in my hand. But they were in charge to get from the Mount Sinai region to Kadesh Barnea, which was right next to the Promised Land. So they started on their way to go, 150 to 200 miles. In, in studying this, I learned that based on how they were walking, now they weren't just loping along. You know, they just won't, I mean, they were walking with some dispatch, with some quickness. And if they would have been keeping their normal pace, it should have taken them like 11, 10 days to get, because they would be walking like 20 miles a day or something, I don't know, okay? So, so if, 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 if they had been doing what they were supposed to do, it would have happened that way. But between Mount Sinai and, and Kadesh Barnea, uh, they, they, started doing something that we sometimes do. They started whining, whining. Oh, so tired. Oh, so my feet hurt. My sandals about to wear out. It's hot out here. I'm hungry. It ain't hardly no water out here. Moses, what you, what you bring us out here for? 
We're going to die out here. They started whining. They started forgetting. Forgetting what? Forgetting that they had been brought out of slavery. Forgetting that they had crossed the Red Sea on dry land. They started forgetting. They started forgetting that the Lord was providing them manna every day. They go, to, they go to sleep at night and get up in the morning, and the manna, which is like a grain, was laying all over top of the ground, all over top of the grass. They could pull it, they could get it all up and make it into bread. They were forgetting that. So now here they are, leaving the Mount Sinai region, right at the edge of the promised land, and now everybody got an attitude. I'm tired. All this walking, all this traveling, all this, what, why, why we got to go through all this? I thought, I thought, uh, Moses, I thought you told us we was going to the promised land. How come we ain't there yet? I've been, we've been out here for days, huh? Murmuring, complaining, whining. When are we going to be there? Why ain't we there now? In spite of all the deliverance they had already received. Have you already received any kind of deliverance? Any kind of blessing? Any kind of miracle? Any kind of sign? Any kind of wonder? But are you whining? Are you complaining? Are you doubting? See, you can identify. You can identify with the book of Numbers and these folks. Amen? Amen. So in spite of all that, uh, they were whining and complaining. They were doubting. They were in unbelief. And, and it's one thing when you keep your doubt and your whining and your unbelief to yourself. <laughs> uh, but, but, but who does that? So, so uh, uh, they had problems. They had problems. Because then they started sharing all their whining and complaining with others, like they could do something. And so, what happened then? What happened then was when they got to Kadesh Barnea, they were like, uh, uh, the, the, the promised land is over there. And they were like, well, well, oh, Moses, uh, we want y'all, we want you to send some people over there and check it out. Because if it's anything like what we're going through right now, we don't know if we want to go. Mm-hmm. So Moses sent 10 spies into the Canaan land next to Kadesh Barnea. He sent them over there to check it out. And they were over there, anybody know how long? 40 days. They went into that land for 40 days, looking here, looking there, checking everything out, seeing what it was like, seeing what the vegetation was like. Was there a place for the animals that was going to be good? Was there places where they could pitch their tents and build their homes? Was it, was it good for that? What kind of wood was there? 
What kind of weather was it like? 40 days, they went over there and checked it out. Well, guess, who, guess what? When they checked it out, they found out that there were some people in that land. They thought it was going to just be wide open here, come and get it. But it wasn't. There were people there who were already living in that space who the Lord was intending to move out according to their faith in what he told them. So they came back after 40 days and they reported to the rest of the nation of Israel what they saw. And they said, oh, over there, it is, it is awesome. I mean, it is beautiful. It's got great trees and, and lakes and water and, and fields and all oh, this is beautiful. It's great over there. And they brought back samples of the good food that was there. They brought back these big, giant clusters of grapes so big they had to carry them on their shoulder and all this stuff. And the people were like, wow, that, yeah, that's going over there. They said, but wait, but wait, 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 let me, hold up. Because, because, see what had happened was, uh, uh, we saw all that and it was all good, but uh, there's some people over there, there people over there, then people over there, they are like giants. They are like, I mean, they are gigantic people. And they're greater than we are. And when we saw them, we imagined ourselves to be grasshoppers. And when they saw us, they thought we were grasshoppers. So, so, so it, it looked, it, the land and all that, yeah, it's good. And, and, you know, and it's productive and all that and fruitful, but uh, we don't need to go. Uh-uh, no. Mm-mm, no. I don't, know, I don't know what the Lord told you, Moses, but uh, uh, no. Mm-mm, no. No can do. No can do. Well, that was eight of the spies that went. Two of them, two of them, brought back a positive report. And they, they were Joshua and Caleb. And they said, oh yeah, the people are bigger, but, but we gangster. We, we can do this. We're well able. Let us go up at once and take it. It's ours. The Lord said it's ours. We got this. And everybody looked at the Joshua and Caleb, and they looked at the other eight, and said, there's only two of y'all. And the eight persuaded everybody else not to go. Who told them that the promised land belonged to them? God told them. But they're believing these eight people with an evil report, and God's telling them to go, but now they're telling, who are they saying no to? When they say we're not going into the promise, who are they saying no to? They're saying no to God. So now, now the nation of Israel is in turmoil. They all stirred up. We ain't going. We going back to Egypt. It was better for us over there. At least we had watermelon. At least we had cucumbers. At least we had something to eat. We out here in this wilderness. And I, 
we can't hang. We can't hang out here. We going back. So what happens then? Then they start, the people start getting infected with this whining, moaning, groaning, complaining. Are they, are they in faith now? They've moved out of faith. Are they in trust now? They've moved out of trust. Are they thinking about how they were spared with the blood on their doorpost? Are they thinking about that? No. Are they thinking about manna being provided for them every day? No, now they're like, we don't want no more manna. We sick of that stuff. We want, we want something else. We want some meat. We want some tater salad. We just want some. <laughs> we want something other than this right here. So then they're talking among themselves. Then even among the Levites, who were the, who were the priestly tribe, one of them... He, 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 got the, he, just, he just went completely to the negative side. His name was Korah. Say Korah. I know we use that as women's name, but in the Bible it was a man. Okay? His name was Korah. And Korah said, well, well we of the tribe of Levites, we're going to take over the priestly work. We're going to take over the worship. We can do worship. We can do praise and worship without Joshua and Moses and and, his, and Aaron and, and their, their sister, we can take over the worship ourselves. Now they done gone crazy for real. Right? Mm-hmm. Because they're sowing seeds of discord. And now they start saying, well, God didn't know what he was talking about. Uh-oh. When the Lord is doing something and you don't understand it, the best thing for you to do is to say what? Nothing. <laughs> Just say, be quiet. Just say, Lord, your will be done. But now they're saying, Moses don't know what he's doing, and God don't know what he's doing. And so, and, and Korah is like, and we can lead the worship ourselves. So they had a service. <laughs> they had a service. And, 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 and the priests of, under Aaron, who were the true priests assigned by God, were present. And Korah and his homies showed up to lead worship. And it did not go well. Because Korah and his homies, what happened to them? They were wiped out. They were wiped out. Now that they've decided we're not going into the promised land because we're terrified, because we're chickens, because we're scared, and we kind of upset the Lord. The Lord said, guess what? Y'all are not going, okay? Since you decided not to go, okay, you, we good, I'm good. But your children are going to go, but you're not going to go. So I'm going to have to wait till your children get grown so that somebody can cross over into the promised land who's going to believe what I tell them when I tell them. When the Lord tells you something, you need to believe it. Amen? Amen. So instead of going into the promised land, 
they continued to camp out in the wilderness for a little while longer. Oh, it wasn't a little while longer. It was a long while longer. How long did they have to stay in the wilderness? 40 years. Till all the rebellious adults died out. And the Bible says that, that it was 40 years because they spent 40 years spying out the land to tell him how wonderful it was. So he said, you, you're going to have to hang out over in the wilderness one year for every day that they were over there. 40 years. For speaking ill against God, for being perpetual whiners and complainers, doubters and unbelievers, and disrespectful, when the Lord tells you something and you, don't, and you don't receive it, that's disrespect. So, there they are, going through all of this. How do we see Jesus in the book of Numbers? Let's look at a couple of passages. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Are you there? Numbers chapter 11, and let's go to verse 6. Well, before that, let's, let's um, back up. Let's go back to verse 4. No. Yeah, let's go back to verse 4, 11 and 4. It says, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? <laughs> Verse 5, We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. What was Egypt to them? Slavery. Bondage. Now they say, We remember the fish we did eat in Egypt freely. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Now all that can make a nice soup, but I don't want them by themselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they were like, give us that. Verse 6, but now our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as coriander seed, and the color thereof as the color of delium. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. 
Okay? So, so here is manna. Correct? Now, what does manna represent? Manna is representative of something. Of some, of what? I can't hear you. Provision. It's representative of provision. God was providing something for them, right? Providing. He's providing something for them. How is it being provided? Supernaturally. How often? Every day. day. Except one, right? Exactly. And on that one, they had to gather up double so they would still have enough even for their Sabbath day. Okay? So it's representing provision. And they turned it into, what did they turn manna into? They made what out of it? Bread. It says cake, but it means bread. It wasn't cake because it didn't have sugar. I know. It was not, it was not pound cake. Come on. <laughs> okay. Now let's see the connection to Jesus. Turn the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Gospel of John, chapter 6. Are you there? If you're not there, say on the way. Okay. Gospel of John, chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse 28. Okay. We're, all right. If you're still on the way, that's okay. You'll catch up, all right? 6 and 28, and it says... Then said they unto him, meaning Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Verse 29, Jesus, said, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? Is seeing believing? Not in the relationship with the Lord. Faith is what we need. Okay? So they're saying, what then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Verse 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. Whoa, whoa, who are they talking about? That's back, they're talking about the book of Numbers. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, what does verily mean? Truly. Truly, truly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Meaning what? Moses didn't create no manna. Verse 33. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Who came down from heaven to bring life to the world? Jesus. 
Verse 34, then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. So, in numbers, when the manna came down overnight, what was coming down to them? Jesus. God was sending Jesus in that form to say, I can supply your need in a wilderness. I can provide for you where there's nothing. I am your savior. I can save you in a dry and barren place. Because the manna did save them. Yes, it did. They would have died. In the wilderness, the Lord provided water for them. They cried to Moses, Moses, we want water. We, we want water. We want water. Bring it now. Bring it. So Moses had to pray. By this time, Moses is exhausted. Say exhausted. You've gotten exhausted with whiners and complainers. Have any complainers ever gotten on your last nerve? Would you just please be quiet? So Moses has been laboring with, with his, this nation that he's leading for years and years and years and years. And Moses is tired. Say tired. And they're saying, give us water. The Lord gave Moses an instruction. The Lord told Moses, go out, go out there, speak to the rock. Water will come out. It'll be water for them water for the animals, plenty of water. So after Moses got up from prayer, he went back out to the people. They're still, give us water. We want water. Now, 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 now. So Moses gets hot. You ever gotten hot when you've been aggravated out your mind? So Moses is just like, he's just infuriated. And he says, how long? I'm going to bring water out of this rock to you wretched people. And he takes his staff and hits the rock. Water pours out. They get their water. But then Moses, but then the Lord says, Moses, hey, hey, let me holler at you. Come here, come here, come here. Come, come here, let me holler at you. Didn't I tell you? Speak to the rock. You out there 
going on wild and crazy, trying to look like Mr. Big Stuff, trying to, trying to just, just so tired and, and frustrated that you lost your mind for a minute, which you're not allowed to do. So when, 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 when they cross over into the promised land, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to let you see it, but you're not going. Because Numbers is the book of disciplines, and he had to be disciplined like everybody else did. But the water comes out. Turn to 1 Corinthians, last scripture for tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you there? Okay. Chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. And it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. What is this talking about? Hmm? It's, re it's a reference all the way back to Exodus. Okay? It's, it's a re reference all the way back to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Verse 2, And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. And that rock was who? That was Christ Jesus. Giving them water out of a rock. How many of you ever gotten water out of a rock? Verse 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three thousand, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. I didn't even get to do that part tonight about the serpents. Um, verse 10, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they were written for our admonition. How, how, how many years before this passage did that happen? Did, did all the events of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, how many years before this was written? <laughs> Somebody said a lot. <laughs> a lot. 
hundreds and thousands of years. When God says something, when he makes a promise, the Bible says all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. He will do what he said. And here in the New Testament, Paul is writing about what happened way back then for our example, that we would not murmur, that we would not complain, but that we would believe God, believe his promises, and walk into our personal promised lands. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll stop there for tonight. Glory to God.